It's really good to be in your midst. Um, it's been a long time. And uh, if I took uh, for granted uh, our free assembly before, I hope the Lord has shown me through the experiences of the last number of months that uh, it's a real blessing. Um, and the real blessing is, yes, it's seeing your faces, but in, in, in doing that, in, in meeting together, uh, being drawn closer to Jesus Christ, being uh, in the presence of others that love him um, and want to kindle that love and encourage that love among each other. Um, and so that's my prayer this morning as we meet together, as we consider the, the scripture and um, listen to the message through song, that, that that's really what would happen is as we see each other and are encouraged by each other, that would really draw us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, whom who is the, he's the object of, he's the whole reason we're here, uh, the reason that we gather. So yesterday we had a, a, an opportunity too, which was also wonderful, and it's been a long time since that's happened, it seems, um, to get together and, and do some singing. And we did a recording, uh, uh, a group of men, of uh, some songs that were put together. We're going to sing a, a portion, a selection of them uh, this morning after the, the, the spoken message. And the theme was, uh, quit you like men. And uh, I, with the Lord's help, I'd like to just read that verse where, that, where that, uh, that phrase is taken from and meditate a little upon it, give some context for the, 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 uh, the message through song. So the verse is found in uh, the end of the epistle to the first Corinthians, chapter 16. And if you, you, uh, we won't read the whole chapter, and, and usually I do like to read a chapter to give context, but in this chapter, it's, as it seems in, in uh, a number of, of, of uh, other epistles penned by, by Brother Paul, um, there's kind of the, the thoughts he wants to, he remembers at the end, or he wants to include at the end after the main burden of that letter has, has been uh, dealt with, the main issues that he wants to address in the church. Then there's always, it seems like, news maybe uh, about other brothers or sisters, uh, greetings to them or um, plans he has. But always mixed in there, and I think it's maybe in Philippians is like that too, there's, there's these little nuggets, these little uh, one-liners, as it were, these little... Um, Epigrams, I don't know what, what word you'd use. And so that's why I think that this, it kind of, it seems to kind of come out of the blue, this, this verse 13 where we read it after, you know, talking about, um, you know, treat Timothy well when he comes and, and uh, some instructions on giving. He wanted to have a collection um, for the saints in, in Jerusalem. And then he talked about Apollos giving an update on, on what his plans were. And then he just comes out and says in verse 13, watch ye. Stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. One more verse here. Let all your things be done with charity. And, and I think really they should be coupled together. That's their balanced thing. And then he moves on and, and, and goes back to some other practical instructions about people and things like that. So I think it's worth just considering this simple verse, these two verses, as they are, as they stand. Um, it, it was a, it's a self-contained instruction. It's, it's four things. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, 
be strong. Four instructions. And as we read that, I'm sure as you reflect on it a little bit, your mind is drawn to... um, to conflict, to, to, to battle. These, are, these would be uh, instructions, you know, um, except for the, uh, the part about in the faith. They would be instructions that you could maybe just give to soldiers. Watch, stand fast, be, act like men, and be strong. But of course, we know the, the Bible is not concerned. Uh, um, the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ is not concerned about physical conflict at all. Uh, it is, um, these instructions are for spiritual warfare. Spiritual conflict. So this instruction here, quit you like men. It begs some questions. You know, what, what is the battle that we're talking about here? And what kind of men are we talking about here? And before we proceed any further, I want to assure the, the, the dear sisters and the ladies in the audience that the, the, this message is applicable for you as all of God's word is. In the sense of what we're going to talk about and, and, and consider... They're godly traits, they're godly characteristics that, that each of us need to cultivate and need to, to, to have bear fruit in our lives. But I will say this, that it seems the men need to be reminded sometimes um, specifically of these things, to be called out specifically to, to, to this, um, to be especially aware of their role, maybe as, as spiritual leaders, um, and the responsibility they have to stand fast and to watch and to be diligent in their role as leaders. Um, think back to our first parents, Adam and Eve, and that, that first sin, which, you know, the more you think about that first sin, it's, it's like the archetypal sin. It's the, it's, there's so much in there that you can learn and, and see about mankind and how he fell and his current state. But think about just Adam in that situation. If he just followed this instruction to watch, to be aware of what was happening, to be there, to see what was going on with the serpent, how he was approaching his wife. If he had, been, if he had stood fast in, in the truth that, that God had given him, the, the instruction about you're not to eat of this tree. If he had truly been the man that God had designed him to be. I venture to say that, that things would not have happened the way they did. So, men, you have a, 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 a special responsibility given by the Lord. And Paul expounds on that in, in 1 Timothy and elsewhere, his, his commentary on, on that first sin in the garden. And, and, uh, and he gives some instruction related to that for men and women. And, and so, men, I think you need to particularly, we need to particularly... Um, understand these things and take them to heart. And to act like men. And when we say that phrase, we, we hear that, um, maybe it seems now less and less, just because of the whole gender thing and, and how society is, is even moving away. They don't even need to define what a man is anymore. But this, this phrase is a common, you know, act like a man. But that's not the, that's certainly, I don't think that's Paul's intention here and say, just man up. He is pointing to us to the, the true man, the, the, the new man. He's, he's pointing us to the man Jesus Christ and who we are in him. That's the men we need to be. That's the, the, the men that we have, to, um, we have to act like and we have to uh, aspire to. Um, you know, these instructions, it's all, it, it's all, he doesn't mention it specifically, but it's all based on the assumption and the reality that there is a spiritual warfare. There's a spiritual battle, a conflict. And um, 
you know, I find myself so many times, and I'm sure you do too, um, not being aware of that, not being really having my eyes open to the fact that there is a spiritual battle, and what is my role or my lack of role? Uh, what am I not doing? How am I not engaged in that spiritual battle and that spiritual warfare? So maybe before we consider specifically these, these instructions about watching and standing fast and, and, and being brave and strong, uh, we should consider the, just the nature of the conflict. What is the battle? This battlefield, you know, there's other scripture, other, other um, references, Ephesians and, and um, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians, where it talks about the nature of this battle. And we understand that this is not a carnal thing. This is not a, our, the weapons of our warfare are not physical, right? We battle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not a physical thing. So let's just remove that off the table right now and, and um, understand that we are talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about, about conflict that is happening on the level of our minds and of our hearts. That um, the nature of that conflict, we are often not aware of just by the deception that is happening on the level of our minds and our hearts. We're not even keyed in so many times to the trend of our thoughts or the end result of our thought pattern or what's going to result, the fruit that is going to result from that conflict that's raging or even that we're not aware of in our minds. So I'd venture to say, I think it's true that this conflict is always happening. It's always happening around us. There is always a, um, an opposing of forces, a a battle between good and evil. And this is before this physical world was ever created. This was the, the battle that started, that, that opposition, that first adversary that rose up against all that is good, that rose up against God and, and, and wanted to be like him and wanted to take his place. And that first adversary is the devil. And this physical world... Um, the results, what, what's happened, the, the effects of sin is all a result of that in some sense, the, that temptation in the garden. It's all an outflow of that. It's, it's, this physical reality is not the first reality. This physical reality is based on that spiritual reality, that spiritual conflict, that spiritual war, that first opposition, that lifting up of, of, of Satan that wanted to be like God. And this does not in any way minimize our choice and our will. That's actually really the, the, where the battle is really at, is at the level of our will, our decisions, our choices. The, the, the choices we make every day, the pattern of choices we make, the, the, the little decisions to do something or not to do something, to think on something or not to think on something, that's, the, that's where this battle is happening, this spiritual battle. This is where you need to watch. You need to stand fast. You need to be brave and you need to be strong. This is the nature of the spiritual conflict. It's happening every day. Um, and how much do I see my everyday activities being part of that? How much do I see my interaction with my children being part of that spiritual warfare as I, as I ought to be battling for their hearts and minds and not um, being, well, it doesn't matter what, what they do really. Um, you know, I've got my own things. They'll, they'll do their things. That's not engaging in the spiritual warfare that the, the Lord wants me as a man, as a spiritual man, to engage in. Or those around me. The, 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 the conflict that's going on with them, the war between truth and, and, and lies. Uh, 
Am I uh, engaged with that? Am I aware of it? Uh, do I know what's, what's, uh, what my role, what God is calling me to, to do in that conflict? Or am I just content to make life around me comfortable and, and uh, you know, it's good, it, everything is fine, because then I, I really am not being a soldier. How I respond to temptation, how do I res- respond to discouragement? That is the nature of the spiritual battle, the spiritual conflict. And Satan's desire would be for you just to, to not be aware of that. Just to, you know, maybe you have a vague sense of disquiet. Maybe you're not quite happy with the way things are. But, you know, don't think too much about it. Don't, don't really expose yourself to what's going on in your heart and mind. I think the other thing, the other reality, you know, if this is a spiritual battle, and, and we've touched on it a little bit already, how committed am I as a soldier? How committed are you as a soldier? You know, in a real battle, <laughs> soldiers that aren't committed don't last long. You know, they, they get defeated or they run away. Uh, they, they're not engaged in the battle a long time. And, and make no mistake about it, brother and sister, you, you are, uh, you're not a conscript to this battle. You're a volunteer. You, you chose this in Christ Jesus. You didn't choose to have a good, easy, comfortable life. That's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus Christ, the message that he, he is bringing. It is one of conflict. It is one of the sword of, of that spiritual battle. And how committed are you to it? How committed am, am I to it? Am I willing to um, suffer difficulty, adversity for that spiritual battle, that spiritual conflict? Ultimately, my relationship with Jesus Christ, my connection to him is going to determine the outcome of the battle. Um, he is the captain. He is the one that's leading this fight. And uh, it says I stick close to him. And I think that comes out, that will come out in all these things as we consider all these things about watching, standing fast, quitting ourselves, acquitting ourselves like men and, and being strong. Watch. So many times in scripture, um, watch is linked with, uh, uh, that spiritual attitude of watching is linked with prayer, the attitude of prayer. And I think maybe that's the first aspect that sometimes we, we are not watching, we're not vigilant because we're not in prayer. We're not really seeking out what's the will of my commander in chief. Am I watching? Am I waiting for that next command? What's going to come? Where does he want me to engage? And that's primarily through prayer. That's primarily through uh, Seeking the Lord's will on our knees, exposing ourselves to him and his word on our knees as, as he reminds us as we pray to him. I think that's a really, an attitude of watchfulness that um, I look at my, I reflect on my own life and it's, it's, uh, it needs to be cultivated. I need to be much more watchful in prayer. Um, be more spiritually aware of, of what is going on within myself and those around me. Are there divisions developing? Are there uh, sins that my brother and sister are getting ensnared in? Those are the types of things that, that uh, we need to be watchful of. In a battle, if you're not watchful, the enemy sneaks up, right? He, he, he will surprise, he will rout, he will cause demoralization, confusion. Same way, this spiritual battle, if we are not watchful... Things will happen and, and we'll be surprised. One day we'll turn, up, uh, turn around and say, well, what happened to that person? How did things get this way? How did they get so bad? We weren't watchful. We weren't prayerful. 
because it is a battle. It's, it's not a, a certain plateau where let's just get to a certain comfortable level of Christian living and, and that's good. Now we can coast. It's an uphill battle, an uphill struggle. And this Western lifestyle that, that we have uh, lived in uh, for the past several generations has done a good job or a bad job of, of, of making us think that. That, that Christian life is comfortable, that we all, it's good, it's, it's because, thank the Lord, we have a, a peaceful, we're not persecuted, things are good. Well, that's what Christian life is, and it's always really been a battle. It was for the early church, it was for all those believers in Christ that, that identified themselves with him, it was a battle. It's a glorious battle, though. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Stand, stand, not lie down. Standing is a position of action. It's a position of, of, of being ready to do what needs or to resist what's coming down. You can't do that when you're lying down, when you're reclining, when you're taking your ease. You have to stand on your feet, ready to move. Are we making decisions in our life, big decisions about investment, about houses, about, about uh, whatever, future spouses, etc., that allow us to stand? Or are we getting tied down in those decisions in a way where it's, it's, it's hard to stand now? It's hard to, it's hard to be ready to move as the Lord directs. Are we tied down? I have to ask myself that. I think we all do. When we committed to be Christians, when we committed to follow the Lord's uh, call, we did commit to do whatever he, he, he told us to do. And I have to ask myself that too. If tomorrow, if the Lord revealed clearly uh, to me that his will was to do something that is radically different than has been for the past several years, would I resist that? Would I, ha- would I be uh, from a position of comfort just saying, no, that, that's, that couldn't be possibly what you mean? Or am I ready to go and do what he asked me to do? Am I standing ready to do what he wants me to do? Stand fast. Fast is secure. It's, 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 it's when, when something is fastened down, it's tightened, it's, it's bolted in place. There is no, um, there's no moving it. And when we're standing on the truth, on the, on the simple truth of the gospel... Uh, there is great security in that. And, and the testimony of, of simple believers uh, who just trust the simplicity of God's word and, and live their lives accordingly, and when that comes in conflict with those that are educated and, 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 and eloquent and, and, and um, think they know it all but are not heeding those simple scriptural truths, the, the contrast is obvious. The, the one is, is secure in Christ, the other one is uh, nowhere to be found. And I was just reminded that um, last night, actually, was, was um, just doing a little research. And, and um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with a, a person like Jordan Peterson. I hesitate to bring up a name uh, during a sermon. But uh, there's an example of someone who's, who's super intellectual, super intelligent, and, and, and grasps so many things. But you hear him speak a little bit about the gospel, about, about, about God. And you can tell that he's just undone by it. That this is a man, and if anyone have followed him recently, he's gone through some, some difficult uh, trials, some health trials. I think he was out of the country for months and months. 
a man like that who has an intellect that is multiple times higher and greater than mine and, and can explain things and, and debate things in a way that you just you, you see some of these videos. I'm not encouraging you to, 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 to watch this stuff. It's not an endorsement in any way. Uh, you can discern for yourself. Um, but a man like that versus, then I reflect on, on, on the godly examples I know in my life of those people that have simply obeyed the simple truths of Scripture the security and the assurance that those people have versus someone like that, that that's, uh, his intellect has not gotten him to that place of security. What you and I have to stand on, this, this word of the Bible, oh, it's a sure rock. It's something that, uh, that no one else in this world has. It's something really that, that, that people in this world are really longing for and, and um, when it's presented to them, I pray that they'll, they'll respond to that, they'll, they'll, they'll see it, they'll humble themselves to see it, but so many of these people of, the, of this world reject that simple truth and don't realize the treasure of the security, the ability to stand fast on something, no matter what happens in my future, to my family, to myself, health, whatever it is, I'm secure, I'm standing on that truth. Through Jesus Christ, nothing will move me from that. That's, that's a wonderful treasure. The people in this world just don't have that. And, and they, they're longing for it. They're, this, all the stuff that's happening right now is, is just a little foretaste for them of the lack of security, the lack of, 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 of stability that they have in, in this world around them. So when I'm asked to stand fast, the work's already been done for me in the sense of I've been given a platform. I just have to cling to it. I just have to cling to the simple truth of the Bible, the, 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 the word of Jesus Christ, the, the character of who he is, because it says stand fast in the faith. That faith that I, I embraced, and that's why uh, uh, so many, uh, a number of times, Paul and others call the believers to, to, to go back to, to what they first learned in Christ. And it, it's not a call to immaturity. It's not a call to, to uh, let's just keep things in, in a certain baby talk or be immature about how we talk about God's word. That's not what it is. But it's to return to the, what you first stood on as a Christian. If you're confused, if, you are, if, if Satan has gotten you to a certain point of, of um, um, deception or whatever it is, return. Return to what you first embraced, that first foundation that you stood on in faith. Stand fast on that. Another thing about standing fast here in this, this stand fast in the faith. Really, if you think about this as a, as a, as a, as a series of instructions to soldiers in, in, in conflict, soldiers stand together, right? They don't um, just do their own standing uh, somewhere here, somewhere there. Uh, that's, the, that's the recipe for defeat. The enemy will come, it will, he will divide, he will isolate, and then he'll, he'll take people down individually in his own way, in his own time. So when a soldier is asked to stand fast in the faith, it's to stand together with others of that same faith as a means of, of strengthening, of, of, of encouragement. That's what I was reminded of yesterday as we sang that, that uh, I am standing fast on the Lord Jesus Christ. My faith does not depend on the faith of anyone else, but it is so encouraging when I can stand with other brothers, other sisters on that same foundation and encourage each other in that standing fast. We ought to be doing more of that. And 
yeah, physically maybe things are difficult and, and we have restrictions, but God's spirit is not bound. His spirit is not limited in terms of, of us reaching out to others. I say this to myself first, to encourage them to stand fast and, and receive that encouragement when I am needing some help, when things are not going the way I know they should be going. There's no reason for me to stand in my isolation or to fall in my isolation. God wants me to stand by his grace and on his strength with help of others. So now we come to this quit you like men. So the, the English may be a little bit old here, but the quit here does not mean leave. Quit here is, 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 it kind of survives in our modern use of when we would say someone acquitted himself well. He handled himself well. He behaved in a certain prescribed way. Behave like a man. That's really what it, what it says. And other translations would say be brave. But really the, the, the original Greek here has that, that. This is the most accurate translation in the sense of behave like a man. The question is what kind of man? Are we going to listen to what this world has to say? Are we going to think, well, this is a, a, a certain gender thing? Or, no. God's truth is applicable to everyone. Um, the instructions he has in righteousness are for everyone and at all stages. I had to think, so who, and as I uh, felt in, uh, uh, convicted to, to encourage the men to, to, to behave like godly men, I had to think of the examples of, of godly men that I know in my life and what characterizes them. There are certain traits, and, and you know, it's, it's not a matter of, um, let's, let's come up with a list, because really, as we know Jesus Christ, it all points back to him. Everything is found in him. But there's certain traits, certain things that, that is, you consider, you say, that is a godly man. Someone who knows himself, who knows his identity, is secure in his identity, that's a godly man. Someone who's not influenced by other things that come along, who knows who he really is. And in Jesus Christ, that identity is being given to us. We're secure in that. We don't need to question when someone else comes along or some, um, some program or something new and attractive. I need to look to Jesus Christ. That's where my identity is found. And, and the godly men that I know in my life, the examples that I have, they are secure in their identity. There's not a, a, a searching, there's not a, um, an instability, there's not an easy influence in the sense of, well, when some, something else comes along or someone else comes along, now cha- they've changed their tune. There is a security in, in uh, their example. And I have to think that, that so many times I... Um, I'm not that way. I think I'm, I'm naturally a, a bit of a people pleaser, and, and maybe I would want to change my identity to fit in, uh, and that's not what, who God wants me to be. He wants me to be secure in who he's made me to be and not say the thing that other, other people want to hear necessarily. I need to speak that truth maybe, though it's hard to hear. Speak it in love, but speak it in a way that is um, not compromising. Because that's the other thing about a, about a godly man and this standing fast in the faith. It's not a matter of compromise. There, there are certain things that are, I'm not willing to compromise and I'm not willing to move from. 
The other thing about a godly man that I think of is someone who is not thinking about himself, is not um, looking to make his path easy. He's looking to serve others. And I say even with children so many times, to my shame, I still think about myself. You know, this is difficult for me. This is, why is things, uh, you know, why are they waking me up at night or, or whatever else it is. And that's, that's, those are thoughts about me. Those are thoughts about my comfort. Am I pursuing the heart of my children? Am I looking to serve them in the best way, to, 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 to draw them into a godly life, to win their hearts for the Lord? Or am I, you know, well, things were difficult last night, I'm going to be grumpy this morning. A godly man has conquered himself. A godly man is not um, just captive to his own lusts, his own um, whatever his desires are. A, a godly man has learned to subject himself. And I think that's something that so many of us are not being used in the capacity that God wants to use us as godly men and women because we have not subjected ourselves. And, and, and I'm not saying that as a, well, you just got to try harder. And, you know, you just got to push down more. You got to just bear and, and, and discipline yourself. Discipline does pay a, play a, a part in this. But it is as we submit ourselves to Jesus Christ, as we give all to him, that he remakes in us the new man, the new creature who's formed after his image. All the instructions, all the characteristics, all the, all the, uh, the ways we ought to think and behave and act toward others, it's all found in him. He is that man, that the, the real, the true godly man, the one we need to look to. The one who really did conquer himself, the one who learned obedience through the things that he suffered, the one who prayed in the garden. That's the pattern uh, for any godly man that wants to, to serve. This last instruction we have here is be strong. Even growing up, I, you know, I, I was kind of a little bit turned off by the, the big muscle men. You'd see some of the pictures of these weightlifters and stuff like that that would bulk up and they'd take a lot of supplements or whatever. And <clears throat> I always kind of admired those that, you know, they didn't look that big, but you knew they had, they had strength in them. And, and it was the, the, the strength of endurance, the, the strength that, that achieved something that, you know, wow, I just moved a whole bunch of, of, of iron, you know, four feet in the air. Big deal. Can you, you know, plow a field for day after day uh, and, and work hard through the sweat of your brow to provide for, for those that, that, uh, that need your, what, what you're, the work that you're doing and not be weary in that and not, not turn uh, and, and worry about, you know, my, my diet and, and what, I'm, what I'm achieving, what my nutrient level is. That, to me, it speaks to real strength is endurance. Real strength is perseverance. It's, it's going through the difficult. And that's the kind of strength. He says, be strong. It's not a, some show of bravado of let's, you know, when there's a conflict, let's, let's man up here and, and go, go chest to chest. That's, that's buffoonery. That's uh, ape-like behavior. Real strength is patient endurance. It's the, the type of, brother, you and I don't see eye to eye, but I'm going to work this out with you. I'm going to persist. I'm going to persist in love. Uh, un, until something happens. I'm, I'm just, well, my, my feelings were hurt. I'm walking away. <laughs> That's not strength. Real strength is saying, he hurt me. What, what he just said actually hurt, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out. 
I'm going to stay here until maybe he changes, until the Lord convicts him. That's real strength. That's the type of strength that, that God is looking for. And it's not our strength, right? It's, 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 it's that the strength is, lies in that grace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look to his example, we are strengthened. We, we be, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And that strength, as Paul says, it comes from our weakness. It actually comes from our dependence, our realization that when I am weak, then am I strong. I'm going to glory in that. I'm going to glory in the situations where I'm humiliated. How many of us have said that? I haven't said that very much. But that's the strength that Christ wants me to display, to go towards the situations that are difficult, Paul running towards the Corinthian church where they have rejected him, where they've called him, you know, have rejected his apostleship, uh, said he's, he's, he's weak in speech, he's a, he's a feeble kind of person, he writes these big weighty letters, but in person he's, and yet he, he turns to these people in love, he persists to them, he, he, uh, he pours it all out for them. That's the kind of strength that, that the Lord wants from godly men. That last verse, and maybe in closing, we'll just touch on that, that, that we read also. is Yes, this is, it's not even just a metaphor of battle, it's the spiritual reality, but you've got to remember that this whole battle is a battle that's won by love. Let all your things be done with charity. This is a battle of love. Don't ever lose sight of that. Any, any victory that you or I will gain um, will be through love. The truth wielded in love. I look back in uh, the, the history of, of Christianity, and there are many um, quote-unquote great men. And you look at certain parts of their lives, and you go, they, they totally missed the battle here. Um, maybe some of the Protestant reformers, you know, they were really solid in the, the word of God. They could expound and, and whatever. And yet these same people would turn around and, and persecute Anabaptists and, and, and slaughter them. Or uh, the Anabaptists, Menno Simons, you know, uh, a real example, we'll sing some of his words this morning. You know, true evangelical faith cannot lie sleeping. And yet, he could be so blind to division in, in the church where, where they would circulate letters banning whole congregations just because there was some division about something that wasn't really scriptural. It tells me that spiritual battle, spiritual warfare is real, and many times we can be blind to it. We can be blind to the, the actual nature of the conflict within ourselves. We're, we are totally turned off to how the devil has won a certain part of our hearts and minds and is using that as a, as a beachhead to weaken us and to make us ineffective men and, and women for, for this battle. It's a real conflict, and I really need to be open to it. And all the weaknesses, all the things that, 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 that I'm allowing as, as, as beachheads and, and I, the, anecdote to, the antidote to all that, I think, is, is love. Is, is, am I doing it in love? Am I motivated by love? Am I following that, that ultimate example of love? It's easy to say this. We need, like Apostle John says, we need to, to love in deed and truth. And um, we all like the idea of love. We all like the, the, uh, the nice words that come with it. But... I think we all know, too, that love requires action and it requires sacrifice. And that's what God is calling us to in this conflict. In, the last, in, in closing, um, I'd just like to reflect a little bit on this battle is not fought alone. The Lord Jesus Christ is at our side. He's the one leading 
the battle. We, we don't need to be discouraged or to think it's all on us. And we're also fighting beside other brothers and sisters. We are fighting this fight uh, together with them. And we rejoice when there are victories, when strongholds are pulled down, when, when the enemy is defeated. And we also rejoice when the fight is won, when, when a brother or sister goes home to their reward. The conflict for them is over. The battle is done. They've laid down their, their weapon, their sword, and they're now in the presence of, of, of Jesus Christ. And that, that should be actually an encouragement to, to all of us. When we see a godly example, and we realize the Lord will provide, he'll allow us to persevere as we, as we follow him as, the, as, the, as our captain and as our Lord. May, may God bless this word. May he encourage us to, to persevere in that battle, to be aware of it, and to encourage one another's.